Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Church Talks. I have a great friend of mine that I consider to be a brother of mine. Uh, he's, his name, I know him as Brooks, but other people know him as Josh or Joshua. But this is Joshua Brooks Wilkerson. Everyone, give it up. Give the it one, up. The one and only. The one and the only. One and only. Also known as as J, what is it? J Brooks Enterprises, and we'll get on with that in a little bit. <laughs> is that right? But you, but but you know what? It's kind of funny because you know, as as much as I would love to think that I'm the only Joshua Brooks Wilkerson in the world, when I started my job, you know, they give us an email address. How about I started getting all these emails, and I found out there's another Joshua Wilkerson, Joshua B Wilkerson. No that, lives in, that lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. What? And he works at the same company, almost like in the same what? position that I work in. So I was getting all of his emails. I was what? Like, ain't, ain't, ain't that some stuff? He must be my what brother are the from odds? mother. Right. Well, I mean, he's probably a white brother. You know it is. I mean, <laughs> that, that's the only difference. <laughs> that's the only difference. They don't know, but you know, you you my black brother, and I love it. God, look, there's only two other people that I consider to be my brother that like aren't in some way like related, and both of them happen to be black. And I'm like, there's something to be said about that. Are you like, trying to te- are you trying to say something, Catherine? I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'm just saying that I, I there there's a part of me, and I've I've said for years, like I bleed black blood. Like, I don't know. Like, Lord have mercy. I like, thought your blood. I thought your blood was red. No, but when it touches <laughs> oxygen, it's blue. But then when you mix blue and red, it kind of comes out purple. But in some ways, it kind of comes out gray or brown or black. But I don't know. My two oh. best friends that are white happen to be married to black men. So there's there's something to be said about that. I don't know. Oh, thank you, thank you, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> Look, I kid you not. I was in my barber shop yesterday and yes i said barbershop because i have an undercut and i cannot go to some hair salon with a white girl trying to like give me a, a fade on my undercut and they i kid you not they had wakanda forever playing on the tv in the barbershop yesterday again what are the odds you want to know why they were playing wakanda forever in the barbershop why why were they all right prepare yourself well, okay. you know, February is Black History Month, and we're not letting go of the month because it's the shortest month of the year. So we need to take right? an extra 10 days <laughs> to celebrate our history. So since you are in that 10-day window, <laughs> you might as well get ready for Wakanda forever and everything. I am, look, I am so behind on my, like, Marvel comic movie watching that I have not watched that one. I have not watched Black Panther I ain't watched a lot of the Captain America and Iron Man. I ain't watched a bunch of those, so I got to get caught up. But I was very intrigued by the 20 minutes that I saw in that movie yesterday. So I'm going to watch it. There it is. Well, and look, speaking of Black History Month, when I went to your church Sunday before last, and you, my friend and my brother, got up there, and I just expected you to be leading a choir song. And you got up there. And started doing this presentation that was a spoken word piece. And I thought you were reciting like someone else's work, which you guys are a part of the Refuge Church, which is a multi-campus church. So I was like, well, you know, sometimes they have like their sermon 
titles and graphics and all of that across the campuses. So maybe this is like something he's just reading from someone else. And come to find out, you wrote it. <laughs> and not only did you write it, you only wrote a little bit. And then you just straight up like improved the majority of it. So before we get into all the topics <laughs> that we're about to cover, I want to spend about two minutes talking about this right here. One, about the content of that piece. And two, about the, the preparation and the execution of that. So, like, how did that happen? Well, a lot of people, um, well, let's backtrack, you know, on that Sunday, it was, um, it was asked to have some type of segment um, just to help people understand uh, facts about Black history that they may not have known. And um, a lot of people don't understand why sometimes when you go to an African-American church, some people call it charismatic. Some people call it being animated. Some people say, I just feel the spirit. You know, a lot of people can't even explain uh, what it is that they feel, not understanding where it really came from, um, Mm -hmm. the roots, where a lot of times when we call them spirituals or we've heard it throughout history, even um, during Black History Month, growing up in school we may have heard things called negro spirituals and Mm -hmm. basically what happened when those things were put into our academia they didn't want it to seem as derogatory and as hateful and as uh, degrading as it actually was so uh, they changed the term from slave work songs to spirituals Mm -hmm. just so uh, sometimes other ethnicities could feel better um, because, I mean, it's just a lot of culture behind it, but knowing the history and trying to get people to understand the history of why we sing spirituals and it was more than just a song and um, just letting people know, hey, you want to know why we clap on the two and the four? Sometimes we <laughs> clap on the two and the four uh, because, all right, we said what we needed to say as a code for people to understand and we clap saying, hey, uh-huh. you need to catch that word. So instead of clapping on the word, we would clap after the word so you knew the word that preceded the clap was code for where to meet at. Wow. Um, so it's little, it's small things huh. that we've never been taught um, which kind of makes, uh, gives people understanding why if you ever go to an African-American or a predominantly black church, you'll find out that the majority of people clap on the two and the four, not the one and the three. That's the only way to clap, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless you're at a bluegrass concert. <laughs> that's, that's the only exception. <laughs> I mean, but, and that, and, and I never knew that. And so you just taught me something. That there's, a, there's more than just rhythm. Behind mm-hmm. the two and the four clap, mm-hmm. there's there's significance to it that was a symbol of, uh, it was code word for freedom, and wow. Correct. Just, okay, so so, so it's kind of like yeah. I mean it's kind it's kind of like you know um, maybe you've heard uh, the song "Go Down Moses Way Down in Egypt's Land," um, mm-hmm. and you know. If somebody would clap, they would say, go down, Moses. So after I clapped um, on the two, it was after down. That means we needed to go south. Mm. Okay. So 
it was little things like that went and that would would be such a great code because you know if it's bible they're thinking we're having a bible study lesson no it was code to get us to our freedom mm. man so so but look we thought we was gonna be having a conversation about financial freedom and all of this and we're talking actually about human freedom <laughs> well i mean and I, I and if you want to be honest uh you know, that that's really one of the reasons why I do what I do. I mean, and I'm not just trying to get into the segue of what I do, but, uh, you know, for me personally, internally, I just want people to experience freedom. Uh-huh. So, you know, my whole life, my whole culture, what I build my principle on is based upon freedom um mm-hmm. just like the freedom from my ancestors the freedom uh not just my ancestors my parents my grandparents i don't have to go that far back the things that they weren't able to accomplish the things that they did not learn the things that they did not know i now have the opportunity because of technology and um, education now to be able to not just help people um that look like me people of what we call the African-American race or culture, but to help people throughout the entire world experience freedom. That's what it's about. Because mm-hmm. I want people to experience freedom in their, look, here, here it is. I want people to experience freedom in what I call the four Fs. The four Fs. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm taking notes. I want people to experience freedom in their faith, their finances, their families, and their future. Mm. That's what my life is based upon. That's why I'm a pastor. I want people to experience freedom in their faith. That's why I do Jay Brooks Enterprise. I want people to experience a freedom in their finances. That's why I marry and I spend quality time with my son because I want people to experience freedom with their families. And if you can have freedom in your faith, finances, and families, your future is sure going to have surely have a freedom. Wow. I'm literally making notes right now. So freedom in your faith, your family, your finances, and your future. That, that's what it's about. And that's what you want to boil your life down to. I want people mm-hmm. to experience freedom. Wow. Okay. But, because there's, there's, so a scripture that, there's a scripture that says, whom the son is set free or made free is truly free indeed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Christ came that we might, might experience freedom. He says he, he came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. To me, that sounds like it's just code for saying he wants you to be free. Yeah. <laughs> so, sure. so if you can base your life upon obtaining freedom, especially in the things that matter, which is your faith, family, and finances, man, your future is surely, uh, surely is sure. It, it, it's, I mean, I know that's bad English, but you know, I'm a country boy. It's surely sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and and that and that's what I want. I mean, and you were you're a, living that out. I'm like, trying to. It's I not mean, easy, but I'm trying. Like it's one thing to say what you want. It's another thing to put like some action behind what you want. Because a lot of people they will set goals and say, "Well, this is what I want for my future," but their present life does not look like any steps towards what they want for their future. And what I have seen since I met you several years ago is that you are putting steps forward and you are putting action behind what you want in all these areas of your life. And you've got some obstacles to overcome. And I mean, you know, stuff that does not come easy to you or 
you know, it doesn't, it doesn't come handed to you. Like you have to work for it and fight for it. And right. you've been such an inspiration to me. And I know anybody that's listening right now, it's going to be for them too. Well, I, I want people to just live their life to the fullest. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, um, you were talking about, you know, we we're talking about having faith, but I, I'm reminded of a scripture that says faith without works is dead. And a mm-hmm. lot of people have faith, but they don't put the work behind it. Yep. Here it is. They they have faith, but they only put enough work to get a feeling, not enough work to get an outcome. <laughs> because you know, here here I, I I'm trying I'm trying to just keep it in the road, but Catherine, you you know when when. <laughs> You, you you call somebody that tries not to be a preacher, but they are a preacher. But here here this here, here okay. this, and then we can go to something else. But here it is: um, faith produces stability. Stability mm-hmm. produces confidence, and confidence produces actions. So everything is based upon faith. Mm. Yep, I agree because, with that. So I mean, if if you have faith, it produces stability. Faith faith causes you to become faithful so it produces stability Mm -hmm. stability anything that's stable it becomes sure in your life so it produces confidence because if it's stable you know it's not going to change so you can have confidence in anything that's not going to change people i mean that that's we consider a friend somebody who's stable yeah they're always there yeah so the longer you're you're stable, the more confidence you have in that person. Come what may, regardless of what happens, if they are there for you through tests and trials, even if they disagree with you in something, you still have confidence in them because you know they're stable. And because you have confidence in their stability, it produces action, which makes you work. It makes you move. It makes you do things. I mean, that you may not have normally done done because you know you're going to mm-hmm. have stability behind it. So true. And I think that people, whether people want to admit it or not, we all have faith in something. Faith produces stability. Stability produces confidence. And confidence produces action. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all of that is basically, I'm going to be honest, all that's what's really helped me drive um, why I do what I do mm-hmm. so so yeah that's it, yeah, there it is. <laughs> there's the gist of it and for anybody who's listening I'm gonna edit uh, some of that out but we just had a technical difficulty where it has never happened before in all of my episodes of recording where I couldn't log out so we might have a little gap um, in what we were talking about but the main thing is that yes that faith is what's going to drive the stability it's just what it's it's what's going to to create a stability which will therefore produce action and that that is where like anything that we set our hands and our heart to is going to come from that and i think what i was saying before i don't know if it if it stopped recording here but that everybody has faith in something and it's just a matter of like you know if our faith is in ourselves if if our faith is in our paycheck if our faith is in god um you know our career our family in a person And so what I've learned of you is that your faith is undoubtedly in God and everything is rooted in that. 
Um, you are a pastor and you've been a pastor for several years, correct? Yes, since 2012. So this is year number 11. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you live in Eden. So, or no, you lived in Eden and you were driving for several years for a while to pastor a church in Pilot Mountain. Is that right? That that is correct. (laughs) And for people who don't know where that is, that's about an hour at least drive one way, right? From Eden, where I used to live at, it was an hour and 20 minute drive. An hour and 20 minutes. And you pastored that church for how long? Five years. For five years. That's a long commute. And you were not only pastoring, you had, that was, that was, I, I don't want to say that was your side job. That was like a job, but I don't think that's what really was the breadwinner. <laughs> you had a career also. Um, And even while being a pastor now, you have another vocation and you and your wife now, who is one of my best friends, Amy Farrell Wilkerson, that was just on my podcast a few uh, weeks ago. Um, And y'all have been on a podcast um, with me together, but y'all are now co-pastoring the refuge of Greensboro, which is a, um, a, a campus of the refuge church that has several campuses um, based in North Carolina, but even, even another, an, I think y'all have one in the UK. Is that right? No, we have uh, two in Africa and one in Brazil. Wow. Okay. See, I'm learning. I'm learning new things. So you've got it's a multi-campus church. Um, pastoring is your heart, so there's no doubt that faith uh, for you is in God. And I think that God has blessed you so much in all of the areas of your life with with family, um, with your future, and you know this episode. What I've you know, intended to talk about specifically was finances because you have such a heart and like one of your other, I don't even know what you want to call it. It's not even your, your career. It's something that you've created that you have, you have founded um, the J J Brooks enterprises. Is that right? Is that what it's called? That is correct. J Brooks enterprise LLC. (laughs) LLC. Um, And you just want to help people to experience freedom in their finances. And that's yes. just going to be, you know, one area of life that you want to see people experience freedom in. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about so much with just like freedom in so many areas, the four F's and, uh, and we'll recap those. It was, and I took notes. So freedom in their <laughs> faith, their family, their finances and their future. Correct. Um, so we've, we've covered faith. Obviously we know that, you know, freedom in your family, um, I mean, gosh, you have such a beautiful family right now. Y'all have the most adorable son, Ezra. Oh, thank you. He's a mess. (laughs) He is a mess, but he's such a genius and gorgeous mess. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and I mean, but you know, y'all, you've had, I mean, okay. So I'm looking at it from a very like unbiased perspective, of course, because I am unbiased. (laughs) But I mean, Again, we were talking about like the difference in like like black history and then just like the white privilege that I have that I didn't realize I had until I got older. And you as a black man, you married a white woman and that has that has caused its own like, you know, obstacles of its own and things that she never has and never will have to encounter. And, you know, you've talked about you know, problems that you face that literally only become like only come because of the color of your skin, because right. I mean, you are one of the most genuine 
generous, hardworking, and kind men I've ever met in my life. And for anyone who looks at you and judges you because of the color of your skin, like, I really want to punch them in the face and in the nuts. Like, like kill, <laughs> kill. I, I, love, I love you so much, but that is unnecessary. It bothers me. <laughs> but, you know, but you are, you are, like, demonstrating freedom in that. That family does not have to look, the, like, the same in its cookie-cutter form as people in their traditional cultural views has to look like so you are just like being a pioneer in that um and anyway you can you can expound on that if you want or else we'll keep going do you want to say anything about that i i just think it, it goes to experience their freedom um you know i live my life um to please god and i i constantly ask myself every day god are are you happy with the life that i live are you happy excuse me, are you happy with the individuals that um, I'm connected with? Are you happy with my friendships? Uh, what What is it that you have for me to do? And that even trickled down to who I want to marry. Because I'm going to be honest, you know, marrying a white woman was not on my radar. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I'm going to be honest. You know, I, I never grew up with the mentality that, hey, let me, let me marry a white woman. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I dated because even before Amy, I was previously engaged to this wonderful lady. Uh, whenever I see her, I speak. So it's no animosity against, against her. Uh, but, you know, she was a black woman. Things didn't quite work out. And I we didn't break up. And I was just like, I'm never going to date a black woman again. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, it was just our paths crossed. You know, she was singing one day. That's a whole nother podcast. But, you know, I met her. One thing led to another. And I just felt the Lord say, that's your wife. And I was like, oh, really? So you're going to you just going to do that to me, huh? Yeah. OK, boss. <laughs> I, and, you know, I, you know, when I got out of what I thought I wanted and got into what now I know is the perfect will of God for my life, man, getting connected with Amy has been one of the best things outside of my salvation that's ever happened to me so you know i've been able to experience even a deeper level of freedom just because of i'm married to amy and mm-hmm. that's been and that's been oh so wonderful <laughs> well she is her own definition of freedom <laughs> right i mean y'all would know the dynamic too she is and I don't know I don't know that we would be friends if she was not but man she brings so much laughter and fun and just straight up mayhem to my life at times like <laughs> like we both know if either of us were to go to jail it would probably be because we're going to jail together like, right. <laughs> I'll bring your oranges and peppermints the primary reason that I wanted you on was to talk about finances and we've been talking for I don't know how long <laughs> and we haven't even gotten there yet but um but i want people to know one that jay brooks enterprises which is what we've been talking about is an organization that is founded by you and right. it is to help people experience financial freedom through getting a better credit um, like repairing their credit so in this in this day of you know, we need to apply for credit cards for things, um, you know, apply for loans for houses, cars, like that's just the world we live in, unless you're completely just like 
living off your land and living off the grid, which some people do, but that's, that's not my testimony. (laughs) Um, But you need to have good credit and you have a passion for that. And I know that it comes from your own story of you have like, you have such a great work ethic. You've told me before, and I want you to tell us like, tell everybody what your work ethic has been like from, (laughs) I mean, your first job up until now. And then we're going to kind of relate that to how people, can start afresh now of like you know creating a new work ethic and building their credit so like what what does that look like what did that look like for you growing up and what does that look for you now well growing up my my dad always tried to teach my brother my brother and I the importance of hey handling handling your business Uh here is what my dad would say he was like Josh you only have two things in life. That's your word and your credit. And if you mess up either one of those, your life is going to be kind of jacked. <laughs> so that's true. So you know, um, you know, growing up, I didn't think twice about it because you know, I mean, who need who needs credit? I'm young. I'm 19. I got. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a good job, but I want to get me a credit card and and I want to do this. Had no intentions on paying it back. But, you yeah. know, I was able to buy something I've never been able to buy before because, you know, the money was made available to me. Um, yeah. But, you know, I grew up like that. And then when I uh, when I was t- 22, uh, my dad actually said, hey, well, Josh, if you're working and you're not in school, uh, you have to pay rent, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So my theory was, why would I pay my father rent to live in his house when I can just go ahead and do something myself? So at the age of 22, um, I was fortunate enough to buy a house. And that's the house um, that I bought in Eden that everybody knows about that. uh, That knows my story. So, you know, that's Mm -hmm. the house that you came to, the house that I was able to remodel a little bit before moving um, to Guilford County. And... uh, you know, that that's just where it started beginning. But just because I bought a house, that does not mean that I was always financially responsible. Uh, and I did not get real serious about my finances and understanding the importance of finances until I fell in love with Amy Farrell. Mm. Uh, mm. Because when you're single and you don't have any children, and you are your only responsibility. I mean, you love people and you think, and a lot of people might depend on you, but when you're your own responsibility, if you mess up, it's okay. You'll get out of it. Nobody really has to deal with it um, financially. But um, once I fell in love with Amy and I realized, hey, I want to spend my life with this chick. <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah. that's what I said, this chick. <laughs> <laughs> possibly have a family i was like there's no way that i could have a family and my finances are jacked up um Mm -hmm. so that's when i started really trying to figure out what credit was and i had an understanding of it um a little bit just from personal experience but i didn't get serious about it until march of 2017 when amy and i started dating um so that that's really how I got serious about credit and learning about how do you fix credit, doing it the right way, doing it legally, uh, the laws and 
how to abide by certain things. Because let me tell you, my I say this so much, it's almost starting to sound as if I wrote it down as I have to say this. But my <laughs> credit was so bad, I couldn't even buy a stick of gum with my credit. Stop that, it. That That's how <laughs> bad it was, literally. I couldn't even get, like, back then the big thing was payday loans. My credit was so bad that payday loans even questioned me like are you sure because i had bounced checks so if your checks bounce mm-hmm. even payday loans were kind of hesitant with doing things because they, yeah. are, they have to take you to court <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so you know i've i've experienced it all and after being in that position and i realized that Hey, I couldn't get a new car. I can't buy a house. I I can't do anything. Um, you know, it it was crazy. And I think one of the things that hurt me the most, I was I messed up my credit so bad where I couldn't get a car uh, because I've always used to have a co-signer. And then um, because I'm quote unquote a hustler, grinder, whatever you want to call it. Um, I used to run a music school. I founded a music school back in 2012, 2013. Um, and I I saved up probably just from running that school, maybe about four or $5,000 within a couple of months. And I took all of my money to use it as a down payment to get a 2013 Nissan Altima, which is the car I had uh, when I met Amy. Mm-hmm. When I got the car, I put $4,000 down on it, but my interest rate was 30%. Jeez. <laughs> so. Is that even real life? <laughs> right. Because the okay. Thing, a lot of times these finance companies, they will give you credit because they already know they're going to get the car back and you have to have a large down payment. So there's like, well, if you can just find $4,000, they've already made that money. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they know they're going to get the car back in so in so many months because you can't afford the payment. Um, but I tricked them. I made my payment faithfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was at that point when I realized when I should have had a car payment for $250, I had a $421.76 car payment. <laughs> Not that you know the penny or anything. So, I mean, have, having that, yeah, realizing, hey, I could have saved $200, close to $200 every month, but I didn't because of the choices I made in the past. Uh, I realized it was time to make a change. So that wasn't the beginning of Jay Brooks Enterprise. That was just the beginning of my mentality changing and starting to take finances seriously, understanding budgeting. Um, what does it mean to have a budget? What does it mean to have more money than you do bills? When most people have more bills than they have money. Mm-hmm. Um, and developing practices that will ultimately put people in financial freedom. Wow. Well, I did not know that about you. I just thought that you had always been financially wise and uh, made mature decisions with your <laughs> your money. So um, so this is good to know because it like 
you know, people that are that are our age and and older might think that they've kind of like missed that window to, right. you know, to make better choices with their finances. But you know, but you're saying like, hey, it's okay if you were like, you know, into your adult life and you've already, you know, you've already bought a house, you've already got a car, um, and there's still some repair to be made. So obviously, we're giving a huge plug to you and what you do with your business. Um, but what are like a couple of tips that you can give people that you would be willing to give people for free right now as to like, you know, maybe if they can't afford to like, <laughs> you know, to invest in a program right now, like what could they do now to start making some wiser steps towards financial freedom? Um, the first thing that I would say is uh, stop looking at it as doing it one day and make today your day one. Mm hmm. You have to start somewhere and it's not the big things that you start with. It's small things. Uh, so, you know, I, I heard this and I found it to be true and I've actually applied it to my life. Um, if you want to learn how to take control of your finances, ask yourself, where else in my life do I have control? Because uh -huh. it might not be a finance issue. It might be a self-discipline issue. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I recommend people doing is what's some, start doing something every day that you normally don't do. And you have to do it for 30 days. Nonstop. It doesn't matter where you're at. You have to do it. If you miss a day doing it, you have to start over again. Mm. Day one. What that does, that subconsciously teaches you how to dedicate your life to doing something. That's good. So something as simple as, okay, instead of uh, getting up and getting the day started, the first thing you do is make up your bed. Before, before you jump in the shower, before you brush your teeth, the first thing you do is make up your bed. It teaches you to do something every day so it becomes a habit. Once you learn how to develop habits, you can apply those same principles to your finances. So when I start teaching people about budgeting and how to budget, if I just throw somebody a budget and be like, hey, you need to do this. They're like, yeah, I, yeah, let's do this. They do it for uh, one week and then they fail and they never go back to it. Mm-hmm discipline issue it's not a financial issue it's true like when i texted you earlier and i i said there were specific things that i you know wanted to cover tonight the first thing that i said was your discipline and passion <laughs> for financial freedom but i specifically said your discipline because that's literally what it is it's a discipline just like you know you have to get up early in the morning to go to work but you know, most of the time, if not all the time, like you get up and you go to work out before, Correct. like, Correct. do you want to go and work out before you go to work when you have to be there that early all the time? No, oh, <laughs> no. so everything is, it, it comes down to discipline. So I love that you said that because it's like, regardless of what it is, making your bed, that's one of my rapid fire questions that I ask people sometimes at the end of the episode is like, do you make your bed in the mornings? No, like no shame like I'm not throwing any judgment either way but it's interesting to see how many people do and how many people don't as like the first thing that we do when we hit the floor in the morning 
Correct. You know? I mean, so good. and I think it's about developing healthy habits, you know, and a lot of times some habits are not healthy. Um, and I know one habit that people say is not healthy, but I challenge this. They say uh, when you wake up, you have a problem if the first thing you do is pick up your phone and look at it. Um, I don't think that's an unhealthy habit. I think an unhealthy habit, if it's, um, if you pick up your phone and the first thing you check is like to see what type of notifications you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's unhealthy for me. When I wake up, the first thing that I want to do is make sure God is on my mind. So the first thing I do, I look at the verse of the day. Like when I wake up, my alarm is set on my phone. After my alarm, I pick up my phone. First thing I'm doing is looking at the verse of the day and saying, and saying, asking myself, Lord, is this what you're trying to speak to me before I even pray? Mm-hmm. That's a discipline that I've learned. Yeah. So I, I ask anybody uh, if they're really serious about changing their finances, what type of disciplines do you currently have in, in place? Goes surely you're going to eat every day. <laughs> I mean, and if you, if you miss a meal, what happens? Your body will start to tell you, Hey, you're, you're neglecting me. And I think the same thing happens with your finances. Your, your bank account starts to say, Hey, you're neglecting me. But instead of paying attention to what it's saying, you just continue to do something else. Yeah. That's so good. Ah. So, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So discipline is huge. Yes. And the work ethic behind earning money, like you said, you know, you want to do things the legal way, whether it's, you know, with, with repairing your credit, with earning money, uh, with like, you know, earning integrity, and character of people you want to do it the honest and and legal way (laughs) um and obviously you know as we've stated before like you want to do things that are honoring to god and that he would put his stamp of approval on and a huge thing that is discussed in the bible and that you know i think many many faiths whether it's about like physical currency or whether it's just about the generosity of our time and our talents uh you know, is tithing and, and giving and not being so stingy and hoarding with what we're blessed with. So obviously we're talking about money um, like on this episode, but I think so much more so it's like a lot of people are, are kind of stingy with their time and with their kindness and with their energy. But I, I think I can, I can say for you and I'm going to say for myself that tithing financially and then also being generous with like time and energy and kindness and encouragement has in no way left me bankrupt. Right. It's, it's in no way left me in the red. Like it has poured so much more blessing on me. So like, what are some examples of some testimonies you have of like generosity and giving and tithing in your own life? Um, you know, I, I believe in being a good steward of what God has blessed you with. But it's not limited to just what you want. Sometimes mm-hmm. being a good steward means um, you give into things that 
don't necessarily line up with your vision, but it lines up with what God wants. So mm-hmm. there have been times in my life when I have not just given my money, but I've given time and I've given effort, I've given compassion um, to things that I don't even feel that I should have, but God opens the door to produce even a bigger blessing. Uh, and, you know, I, I used to hear the scripture all the time and the scripture is, um, what is it? Luke six and 38. Uh, the way I heard it was like this. It was something like, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, um, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, <laughs> shall be given to your bosom. But you know, I read that in a different translation. I read it in the New Living Translation, and it made more sense when I read it okay. that way. And it says, "Give, and you will receive." Mm-hmm. That that was a commandment. That's not. <laughs> That's not a suggestion. Yeah. So it says, giving you will receive and your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and watch this and poured into your lap. Mm. Here's the thing, Catherine, about that. It can't pour into your lap unless you're sitting down. Mm. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. we're trying we're trying to stand in our own strength and stand in our own understanding. And maybe God is saying it's time for you to take a seat and do it my way. That's so good. Because the amount you give will, uh, will determine the amount that you get back. That is, that's, that's it. And a lot of people think, okay, well, if I give a hundred dollars, I want to get a hundred dollars back. No, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> but you know what? I found out actually it does. It just doesn't come back when you want it. It comes right. when God gives it. Yep. So the importance for me of tithing is not necessarily uh, because it's a requirement. To me, it's an opportunity for God to show off, show off how great he really is. Yeah. And that's what I've lived. That's what I've lived by. I, yeah. For me, a tithe is nothing but the bare minimum of what I do. Yeah. Everything else that I give, I give that to God so God can be more than generous to me because he already told us that he'll supply all of our need according to his riches and glory. That, yeah. that, that That's a promise. He already said he's going to provide our need. But I believe that we serve a God that's not going to allow us to outgive, outdo, and outperform him. So the more that you do for him, the more that he does for you. Not because it's out of obligation, but because God will never allow you to do more for him than he does for you. Yeah. So and 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 that that's that's what it is because even with even with this business, uh, I and I tell people this is not my business. This is the Lord's business that He's just graced me to manage. You know, 
there are times because there are times I, I charge people full price for services. And then there are some individuals that never had to pay a dime. Mm-hmm. And my, my thinking is, uh, Lord, why did you want me to do this for free for them when I could have made God knows how much money? And the Lord yeah. is, and the Lord reminds me, hey, it's all about helping people achieve their freedom. That, that's what it's about. That's so good, man. So good. I, I think that a lot of people, and I've I've been here before too, but a lot of people, they either give like when it comes to tithing and um you know and stewardship when it comes to like a a biblical perspective we either give because we feel like it's what we're supposed to do like out of obligation or we give because we want the blessing of god and the favor that comes with it and i don't think that either are necessarily like correct in the moral sense of it like we we shouldn't give because we have to and we shouldn't give because we just want the blessing of it like in the, the benefits of it but like you said, it's it's we give because it's an opportunity for God to show off and for God to show like how big he is. He's so much bigger than money and than currency and then any kind of resources that we have. Uh, so like when we give something to someone that we could make money off of, that's showing them the goodness and the kindness and the generosity of God that they may not feel like they deserved. But right. then it's like. <laughs> then it shows them, okay, so, you know, what else could God give me that is beyond what I deserve? Right. It's a beautiful picture of that. I love it. Right. I love it. Well, look, I know we've been on here a while because of all the technical difficulties, but before we get into a couple of rapid fire questions, is okay. there anything else that you wanted to, to cover before we, before we land with these? No, just, just, just shoot. Cause I don't even know what the rapid fire questions are, but we got to go I intentionally don't give my guests a heads up on these. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but I have, I only have, let me see, I only have 35 questions that I pick from at random for rapid fire. And I came up with all these on my own. So it's fine. So, all right, you ready? Round I'll, one. I'll, I'll just, I'll, <laughs> okay, now I know you love to cook and you yes. also love to eat. Yes. So this is a two part. What's your favorite meal to cook and what's your favorite meal to eat? Favorite meal to cook would be baked lasagna. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite meal to eat in this time, in this part of my life, would be anything that has shrimp in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's interesting. All right. So what is like an ordinary moment that someone would see from the outside as ordinary that just immediately brings you joy? ordinary moment uh me and ezra in general just <laughs> I, I mean an ordinary moment that that brings me joy or ordinary moment that somebody else is doing that just brings me joy an ordinary moment that you either experience or witness that brings you joy ordinary oh i want to be honest an ordinary moment uh that just brings me joy is um, man watching the innocence of little babies. Mm-hmm. Just, like, just like a smile, 
Like, like there's this couple that comes to the church and they have a little girl and I look at her and she looks at me and she just smiles. And <laughs> that, that just brings me joy. And, you know, babies, they, they either smile or they cry when they see you. It's no just straight face. It's like, right. uh, and to see a baby just smile, that just brings me so much joy, especially if they're cute. Because, you know, all babies ain't cute. You try to make make them think they're cute, but all babies ain't cute. <laughs> but this baby is beautiful. Uh, but but that's it. <laughs> I, look, I feel you. All right. So do you prefer to dress up or dress down? Depends on which setting I'm in. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Uh, all right. I get you. That, 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 do you- that, do you want to expound on that or <laughs> all right let's expound on that a little bit okay. uh, i like to dress up um for certain occasions and dress up doesn't necessarily mean mean wearing a suit tie and all that i mean just making sure my clothes are nice neat press color coordinated just a plug i used to work at men's warehouse so i know how to match clothes very well oh um, yeah so i like certain things if i go out with amy i want to make sure i'm looking good whether that's wearing a pair of J's or just wearing uh, just wearing some slacks or something. I want to make sure I look good. But there are times when I just feel like bumming, so you're going to catch me in a Nike sweatsuit. <laughs> I love it. All right. So last question. I think I said three, but this is a bonus question. But what is your favorite attribute about yourself? Um, my favorite attribute but also sometimes can be my weakness is the grace I have towards people. Mm. The grace. I feel that. I feel that. Because I love it because when you have grace towards people, it's such an opportunity for them to experience God in a way that's not religious, that's not in church, uh, that's not just thrown at them with scripture, but grace allows people to experience the true love of God that he loves them, period. So good. It's also it's also a weakness because sometimes you feel when you show grace, sometimes it feels as if people are getting over on you. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And coming from someone on the other side of the one that receives the grace, whether it's from me or somebody else, um, it's something that I would not trade for the world to be on the recipient side of that. So thank you for being so grace filled and graceful. And I know that that comes from like a humble place of the grace that you yourself have received. Yes. So I appreciate you so much. Go stuff. And I think that's one of my favorite attributes about you as well. <laughs> Among you. the many. Love you so much. I love you. Man, thank you so much for being on this episode. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we log off? Um, just always do it. Giving a big plug for Jay Brooks Enterprise LLC. Uh, we We do help people restore their credit, get it to a place where they can do things they've never done. But beyond that, we are expanding our services where now we're going to offer courses on budgeting, how Mm -hmm. to become debt free 
and creating a financial safe future for people. Um, so that's going to be coming up within the next three or four months, and they'll be able to take these courses online, very affordable, because uh, this is not about getting rich. It's about helping people get what they need. Nice. And I typically put in links on the show notes. Did you have like a website, social media platform? Like how can people find you? People can find me on all social media platforms. That's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Just look up J. Brooks Wilkerson. No, no, that's me. J. <laughs> Enterprise LLC. Um, if you want to get directly to me, you can go to www.jbrooksenterprise.com. If you are interested in taking any of the courses, whether you want to learn how to repair your credit on your own without the assistance of a repair credit repair company, or if you want to learn about budgeting, how to become financially free or debt free, you can also find me at www.jbe.academy, and that'll take you to all of our online courses. Perfect. I'm going to put a link to all these in the show notes, but thank you for, for shouting those out too. Most definitely. Man, thank you so much. And I know you got to get in the bag because you got to be up in just a few hours. Listen, I took tomorrow <laughs> off. Good for you. I'm right. so proud of you. <laughs> Man, well, good. Well, enjoy the day with your family. And I was going to say enjoy the beautiful weather. I think it's actually supposed to be raining tomorrow. Yes. Um, but it's been really nice today. <laughs> it, it was. It was It was beautiful today. Well, enjoy your rest day, and I will see you soon. And thank you for, for in just imparting your wisdom onto us. And I know everybody's going to be appreciating this so much. Most definitely. But I love you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Church Talks. Hey, before you guys leave and start listening to another episode of Church Talks, could you take 10 or 15 seconds and just go on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening and click follow or subscribe or like or the plus sign, whatever it is where you're listening. Uh, that would mean a ton to me. And that way you'll never miss episodes when they're coming out on the weekends. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and supporting and subscribing and following. I love you guys so much.